It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. It's Live in the Bream with the host of Fox News Sunday, Shannon Bream. This week's Live in the Bream is very unique in several ways, but let me just tell you that the person we have on our podcast today, our expert, came to my attention via my amazing assistant, Sammy. Now, she has just returned from a trip to Israel. This was her first time going, and she was so excited. The pictures and the videos that she was sending me when she got home, and she was just so passionate about all that she saw and learned. And she said, listen, you've got to look at this discovery because they're constantly uh, in that region making important discoveries that tie back to history, that tie back to all kinds of things that people are still searching about and and having conversations about. And so today we're gonna talk about some of those discoveries, some exciting new things uh, with Zeb Ornstein, who is the Director of International Affairs for the City of David Foundation. Zeb, thank you for coming on. So great to have you. Uh, Thank you for having me. Okay, so let me tell you the first thing that I heard from Sammy. She says to me, do you know the story of the Pool of Siloam? Which is, we'll get into that, what this is, where it is in history, where it is in the Bible. And at the same time, I was studying John 9. I've been on a study through the Gospel of John. And I said, yes, Sammy, I just this morning read about the Pool of Siloam. So um, she was so excited to see this in real life. I mean, to be able to touch and to see the things. Tell us a little bit of backstory, and then we'll talk about the passage in John. But where this discovery, um, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, you got evidence that there was something there and how it's led you to where you are today. Well, to really appreciate what what, what Sammy saw and what's happening in the city of David today, you really have to go back uh, a little bit further because uh, most people have heard of the lost city of Atlantis. Uh, mm-hmm. Whether it's real or not, who knows? But there is actually another lost city far more well-known than Atlantis. The only problem being that almost nobody knows it was actually lost. And that's the lost <laughs> city of Jerusalem mm-hmm. because up until about 150 years ago, when people were searching for the original biblical city of Jerusalem, the Jerusalem of people like David and Solomon, prophets like Isaiah and Jeremiah, everyone was looking for it in the wrong place. Everyone believed that the original biblical city of Jerusalem was in fact the old city of Jerusalem surrounded by the iconic old city walls, uh, about 500 years old. Now, if you're coming from the United States, 500 years ago is a pretty long time ago. <laughs> if you're coming from if you're coming from Jerusalem, which is about 4,000 years old, uh, 500 years ago is the equivalent of last week. So uh, what ends up happening is Queen Victoria of England, she wants to discover the treasures of the Bible, like the Ark of the Covenant. She sends a man, Captain Charles Warren, to the Holy Land. He comes to Jerusalem. He wants to search for those treasures on the Temple Mount, the biblical Mount Moriah. The problem was that then, as is the case today, you had two Islamic shrines up there. The Ottomans were ruling the country at the time, and they said, Charles, we're sure you're a great guy, but you will not dig up the Temple Mount. And to this day, due to religious sensitivities and political sensitivities, there's been virtually no archaeological activity on the Temple Mount. Now, Charles Warren realizes he can't go back to the queen empty-handed. So he says, if I can't dig on the Temple Mount, I'll do the next best thing, which is to dig near it. He comes down the slopes of the Temple Mount, walks down through the valley below, comes across an ancient spring flowing through an ancient man-made tunnel. He doesn't realize it, but he begins to walk through a tunnel dating back some 2,700 years to the time of the biblical King Hezekiah. All he knows is it's an old tunnel. Where does it go? He begins to walk through this tunnel. It's totally dark. 
The flame of his torch begins to flicker wildly. He climbs up the shaft, and he sees he's inside a network of underground tunnels and fortifications. And he realizes, or comes up with a theory, that the original biblical city of Jerusalem must actually be outside the walls of the old city, except at that time everyone mm. thought he was crazy. <laughs> but it turns out he was right. And over the next 150 years, the city of David becomes one of the most archaeologically excavated sites in the world, the most excavated site in Israel. Uh, and today, uh, there's probably no place on the planet, more so than the city of David, where a person could take the scriptures, they could take the Bible uh, in one hand, the archaeological discoveries in the other, and show that when you're in the place where the Bible happened, the words of the Bible come to life. And that leads us to Sammy and her visit <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. Uh, when in 2004, there was a sewage pipe at the southern end of the city of David, and the sewage pipe burst. And in Jerusalem, you don't only send in construction crews, but when a sewage pipe bursts here, you also send in archaeologists. And so the archaeologists, they come in, they're supervising. You have bulldozers and dump trucks doing their work. And the archaeologists begin to hear scraping and scratching. It doesn't sound right. So they clear everyone out. And it turns out in repairing the sewage pipe, they had inadvertently uncovered a series of stone steps, 2,000 years old. 2,000 years old, of course, goes back to the time of Jesus. And the archaeologists said there's only one other set of steps in all of Jerusalem that look just like those. And those mm -hmm. are the southern steps with deep significance for Christians and Jews alike, about a half mile apart. And they said, well, we know what the southern steps are. They were the main entryway during the time of Jesus up to the temple. What are these steps that we found at the southern end of the city of David? And they realized they'd found the steps leading down to the ancient pool of Siloam, which is where Book of John chapter 9 comes in, <laughs> uh, which you were probably just reading, uh, which tells a story uh, in the Christian scriptures of Jesus healing the blind man. And that's also the spot where in the Bible it talks about three times during the year when all of Israel has to go up on pilgrimage to the temple on the Temple Mount. We're talking about Passover, Pentecost, Tabernacles. And before you can go up on pilgrimage to the temple, you have to go to a ritual bath. You have to cleanse, wash, bathe. And the historian Josephus tells us that 2,000 years ago, you would have had nearly 3 million people going on pilgrimage, beginning their journey at the Pool of Siloam, walking up through the city of David, up to the temple on the Temple Mount. And what's happening as we speak today, Shannon, is we are uncovering the ancient steps of the Pool of Siloam. We are uncovering the roadway, the pilgrimage road that led from the Pool of Siloam all the way up to the footsteps of the Temple Mount. I call it the biblical superhighway. And all these things are literally being unearthed as we speak. Yeah, and I used to, uh, my pastor who is now retired, Lon Solomon, you know, spent a lot of time there and led a lot of people through this. And he used to have this saying when he would preach about archaeological discoveries, he would say, the more they dig up, the more it proves the word of God. So if you're somebody who studies the Bible, believes the Bible, or you're questioning about the Bible, it's really fascinating to see these things jump off the pages and to see that they actually existed. This is where, um, as you said, I mean, the people walked. This was part of uh, their ritual and part of their worship. So. When you find the Pool of Siloam, and, and I'll just read real quickly here from um, John 9 so people will know this story if they're not familiar with it. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. I'm reading from the NIV if you're following along in a different version. Um, his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Obviously, you know, sparking this conversation about whether um, trouble in life comes from sin or from your family line of sin. Um, but Christ said, neither this man nor his parents sinned. 
But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work while I am in the world. I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam, the spot we're talking about. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. So then, you know, it goes before his neighbors and the um, Pharisees, the religious leaders who weren't really cool about, you know, healings on the Sabbath and these kinds of things. And that's a whole nother debate that happens. But this story here is now somewhere that thanks to folks like you, we can go and see and touch it for ourselves. That's right. Uh, what, what's happening today, and, and you see this, sadly, whether it's in the halls of the United Nations or on university campuses, uh, where Jerusalem's biblical heritage is, is actually being uh, denied. And what's exciting, and, and you know, I come from a, a perspective, maybe you do as well, we don't need to prove the Bible. Uh, mm -hmm. If someone wants to believe, they'll believe, and if they don't, they don't, but but God's word is not uh, waiting for us to prove it. Uh, I, I believe the archaeological discoveries in the city of David show not simply as a matter of faith, but as a matter of fact, that Jerusalem's biblical heritage is, is true, that you could see it, you could touch it, you could walk on it, and it's happening at a time when, I don't think it's a coincidence, in the book of Esther it says, for a time such as this, that up mm -hmm. until about a century ago, much of what we would call today the Western world, they took scripture uh, as God's word. Uh, today, uh, sadly, that is uh, less so, uh, that people of faith are, are oftentimes, certainly uh, in the media and Hollywood and on university campuses, they're being mocked and scorned and uh, in many cases ridiculed for their beliefs. And yet in the city of David, you could actually see where, where the science, the archeology span is matching up word for word with so much of what's written in the Bible when it comes to Jerusalem's biblical heritage. We are unearthing seals with the names of figures like the biblical King Hezekiah, like the prophet Isaiah. We're unearthing inscriptions that affirm biblical events. Uh, it's an amazing thing to be in a place that when you're in the place where the Bible happened, the words of the Bible come to life in a way that uh, is not just being taken uh, on faith, but, but you could say, you know what, here is the science, here's the archaeology. It is affirming so much of what's written in the Bible when it comes to Jerusalem and the key figures that have shaped the faith, not of millions, but of billions uh, over generations, that it's real. Here it is uh, for all people to come and, and connect with at a time when I believe, uh, you know, there's a need for it. Because again, so, so much of that faith is, is being questioned today. Yeah, and like you said, this is for all people, whatever your faith journey is or isn't, whether you have one or not. I mean, just to come see the archaeological um, significance of these different sites is fascinating, whether you're a tourist or a believer or wherever you're coming from. By the way, side note, I love the story of Hezekiah, King Hezekiah, so much that I, at one point, it was one of my online, online passwords because I thought no one's going to guess Hezekiah. <laughs> but it's not. I've, I've since changed it. Um, but, you know, he does have such a powerful story that figures into all of this. Um, but as you look at the progress you're making at that site and kind of that whole roadway, as you said, up to the Temple Mount, I mean, my my uh, feeling was when I was there in Jerusalem and visiting some of these sites, not having gotten a chance to go to the Pool of Siloam, but many other sites in Jerusalem, that there is a huge effort to respect different faiths to be um, aware of um, sharing that space very carefully, balancing that culturally and religiously. So it's a very unique place in the world, but it's it's the place that you're only going to find these specific discoveries. So tell us about that pathway between these two points that you're hoping to, at some point I hope visitors will be able to fully walk and discover for themselves. Absolutely. Uh, so 
in 2004, when the archaeologists first began discovering uh, the Pool of Siloam, which is about the size of two Olympic-sized swimming pools, about uh, an acre and a half in size, it's a massive pool. So they discover the pool, and they know where the temple stood on the Temple Mount, a half mile to the north uh, from the Pool of Siloam. So they had a question, which was, how did the millions of pilgrims 2,000 years ago go on pilgrimage up from the pool to the temple on the Temple Mount? And so they widen the excavation, and what they find has been called the most significant archaeological discovery of the last hundred years. What they discover is the ancient pilgrimage road, the very walkway that our ancestors, whether you're Jewish or Christian, 2,000 years ago, the very same road, the very same flagstones that our ancestors would have walked 2,000 years ago, we are unearthing as we speak. Uh, in the Psalms, there are 15 chapters from 120 to 134 that all begin with the same words, a song of ascent. Now, most people, if you're in the United States or anywhere else in the world outside of the city of David, you'll assume that it's referring to a spiritual ascent. You're going to Jerusalem. It's very holy. But when you are actually going on pilgrimage in the city of David, the place where Jerusalem began, coming up from the Pool of Siloam, walking that half-mile journey all the way up to the footsteps of the Temple Mount, it was a physical ascent. It was what you can call a schlep. You are schlepping uphill, and you're singing those 15 chapters of the song, the Psalms, the Songs of Ascent. When you're in the place where the Bible happened, the words of the Bible come to life. And so we are unearthing this road. And in a few years' time, you are going to be able to visit the city of David, the place where the kings of the Bible ruled and the prophets of the Bible preached, and literally walk in the footsteps of the Bible, in the footsteps of Jerusalem's biblical heritage. And I think what's, what's special about it is you have some of the great wonders of the world, the pyramids, the Colosseum. And a person goes to the pyramids and they say, look at the grandeur of the pharaohs. You go to the Colosseum, you say, look at the might of the great Roman Empire. But then a person says, where are the pharaohs today? Where is the great Roman Empire today? And the answer is the same. Museums, history books, some monuments left behind. A person will come to Jerusalem in a few years' time. They'll come to the city of David. They'll visit the Pool of Siloam. They will walk up from the Pool of Siloam along the half-mile journey, along the pilgrimage road, coming out of the footsteps of the Western Wall, the Southern Steps, the Temple Mount. And I believe once we finish this excavation, this will also be among the great wonders of the world. But there's a difference between the pilgrimage road, the Pool of Siloam, and the pyramids and the Colosseum. Because the pyramids and the Colosseum, they represent a chapter of history, once upon a time. But the discoveries being made in the city of David today, the half-mile journey of the Pool of Siloam up through the city of David along the pilgrimage road to the footsteps of the Temple Mount, this is not just a chapter of a story. It's the continuation of a story. It is the shared story that we have, Jews and Christians, here in Jerusalem that is coming back to life. Because the people who will walk on that road in a few years' time, they share the same faith, the same culture, traditions, heritage, as their ancestors did thousands of years ago. Where else in the world do you have that? This half mile of the city of David is the most significant half mile on the planet. There is no half mile in the world that means more to more people than the half mile running from the Pool of Siloam up along the pilgrimage road through the city of David up to the footsteps of the Temple Mount. And in a few years' time, you will literally, literally be able to walk on those very same flagstones that our ancestors did thousands of years ago. We'll have more Live in the Bream in a moment. Precise, personal, powerful. Is America's weather team in the palm of your hands? Get Fox weather updates throughout your busy day, every day. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 
That's just mind blowing. And like you said, I mean, it's multiple faiths and religions that have such a heart for this and such a history for this. So amazing to think that we will get there. Um, hopefully those of us who have visited can be back. But tell me about what you may have online for people who maybe they're past a point of traveling or they're not well or the expense is too much. Do you have other ways that they can experience what you're finding? Absolutely. So if you go to our YouTube channel, uh, it's City of David on YouTube, City of David, Ancient Jerusalem. You will find all these videos and virtual tours about all the newest discoveries. You'll, there, there are many videos of the pilgrimage road and the Pool of Siloam on social media. Just look for at City of David and you'll find similar content there. And the the amazing thing with with technology today is that it it brings it brings us closer together. And while nothing replaces actually coming and visiting Jerusalem, even if it's only one time in your life to come, and see these places for yourself, uh, seeing it virtually is also pretty special. And I'll tell you, uh, one person who would have loved to be able to see these things virtually uh, was Moses. Moses never got <laughs> to make it into the promised land. He only got to right. see it from afar. Uh, and so if you can't make it there in person, you're in good company. Moses didn't make it either. Uh, but you have the advantage, at least through uh, YouTube and social media, to get to uh, see these places uh, at least virtually and uh and god willing everyone will have an opportunity uh one way or another to come and and connect with this amazing heritage uh which is is being brought back to life in in many cases for the first time in thousands of years yeah i love that parallel with moses yeah it's okay if you can't get there <laughs> you know the the man who wrote the first five books of the bible didn't get there either um you can still share this uh, amazing discovery doing that virtually and i think that's such a gift and such a special thing i remember as a kid when um my father um, my stepdad is very into prophecy he really enjoys studying that and i remember when we'd read passages that would say something would happen and the whole world will see it or the whole world will know it mm -hmm. and thinking about you know the authors then had no way of knowing um, about the technology that we have today, but what a beautiful prophecy kind of coming true here too, that it provides people a way to experience this really important work that you're doing. Can you tell us a little bit about how it actually works? I think, you know, we've all seen the Indiana Jones movies or we see an archeological site on TV. What is it really like? How painstaking is it? What kind of experts do you use on something as really protected and precious as something like this latest discovery? So in the Psalms, it talks about how your servants will 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 cherish the, the dust and honor the stones of Jerusalem. And that's really, I think, talking about archaeology, because what we do when we do archaeology and archaeological excavation, you don't bring in bulldozers, you don't bring in heavy machinery. You have small little little pickaxes and, and brushes and, and shovels and buckets and and every bucket of earth has to be then later sifted through and sorted through. And that's where you're going to find the ancient coins and weapons and treasures of, of all sorts of kind, clay seals and inscriptions. Uh, that's how you're going to find it. You're not, you're not going there with a metal detector and doing all that kind of stuff. You're not going with bulldozers and dump trucks. Everything is, is literally just by hand uh, with painstaking care and love for the the history that's being unearthed and uh you know what the way archaeology works is when you dig down you're in a certain layer and you're going to start to find pottery and coins and other things and based on those things you have a sense of okay we know generally speaking what time period we're in now if you happen to be digging in one of these sections and you find next to some ancient coin a coke can you have a problem because there shouldn't <laughs> be coke cans uh next to ancient coins and and so everything has to be kept in the in the layer that uh that that it's it's discovered in and in a, in a certain sense, it's it's a window into 
the people who came before us. I think oftentimes that we view ourselves because we walk around with an iPhone in their pocket as the most advanced people to ever set foot on this planet. And yet we're here because we're standing on the shoulders of all the generations who came before us. Uh, the fact that, that we're in this world today, the fact that both the United States and Israel are, are perhaps the, the only two remaining countries in the world that were established on uh, biblical principles and, and those values that the founding fathers had uh, from the, for the United States of America, those values in, in many ways came from Jerusalem. In, in fact, one of the last things that the previous administration uh, did was recognize the city of David as a heritage site, but not as a Jewish heritage site or an Israeli heritage site. They recognized it as an American heritage site because the what you can call the Judeo-Christian heritage that the United States was established upon, that has its roots in Jerusalem, in the city of David. And so all the heritage that we're unearthing in the city of David today uh, is not just significant to the Jewish people, but it's significant to Jews, to Christians, not to millions, but to billions around the world, and to both of our great nations, Israel and the United States of America. And we view ourselves as the stewards of that heritage to make sure it is, is, it is uncovered, protected, preserved, and made accessible to everyone who wants to connect with that heritage. And and you know what, Shannon, when you come on your next visit to uh, to Jerusalem, to the city of David, we will let you go in to one of the excavations. You can get your hands Ooh. dirty and, and we'll see what uh, ancient treasures you could uh, turn up. <laughs> it would be an honor just to be at the site. Um, Zeph, thank you for giving us time. Again, he's Director of International Affairs for the City of David Foundation, making these important discoveries, preserving them, making sure that we will all be able to, um, those who can physically get there, uh, check them out. Uh, in not too distant future. So Zev, thank you for the work that you're doing and for giving us a little bit more of the inside look at it. Thank you. Thank you so much. And as we say, next year in Jerusalem. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. Put the power of over 100 meteorologists and the worldwide resources of Fox in your hands with the Fox Weather Podcast. Precise, personal, powerful. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.